do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 410, which is, uh, I tried to do a search, a Google search on the number 410, try to find something interesting about it. And I came up with nothing. But it's the opposite of 10-4. You know, like 10-4. Right. Good buddy. Right. Good buddy. And I don't know what that means either other than gotcha. That's a, um, a CB. Yeah. You remember when there were no phones and we had CBs? Do truck drivers have CBs sure. anymore? I think so. Well, I haven't been in a truck. So if I you're don't a know. truck driver, uh, shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com and let me know if CBs still are around. My grandpa had a CB. Why? Probably just for safety, like the in his car. Yeah, <laughs> so I would play with it occasionally. Yeah, would you get nervous talking well, to the truck? Wait a second, now let me think. Did he <laughs> did he have it in his Buick? I'm trying to remember <laughs> if I'm like making this up. Like it sounds like a childhood like makeup story. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. There's no way your grandpa had a CV in a Buick. Yes, he did. Like it was like one Peggy, of those. Peggy, Peggy, right? Yeah, to if us. Peggy's listening, my aunt, did he have like a CV in the car or was I pretending there was a CV in the because car? Because you were so bored? Maybe. Sweetie, you're flipping me the bird. Oh, I don't mean to be flipping you the bird. My, I have a pen in my hand. So it's just, <laughs> so I don't remember. It's, you know how the child, that's what I love about your imagination. It's, it's like, maybe that's the way I got through. But the reason... I think at the time why that was a big deal is because there was a, you know, a Charlie's Angels episode where they were in trucks and they all had like their own hook names, you I know. I used to get spooked by uh, Charlie's Angels. Weren't there some scary ones? I'm um, not making that a up. A few. There was like a stepmom named Beamish. That was her name. And she and she locked one of the angels in a closet when they were little kids. Yes, I do not recall. But I'm sure it was scary. Very scary. Uh, especially with that name. Beamish. Is that a name? I don't know. See, you may have made that up, just I like I made up no, the CB. I, I, I'm not making anything up. Okay. On today's show, we're going to answer our listeners' questions that I think is very interesting. We're also going to lighten it up and talk about the Golden Globe nominations. Yes, and about the holidays. And the holidays. Because we are in December. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Yes. yes. What are some of the others? Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh-huh. Is that what they say? Um, what? Happy Kwanzaa. I think so. Okay. And I, I'm very um, comfortable with any of that. Yes. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yes, because really all we're trying to do is make sure that we address everybody in a way that makes them feel like they're being seen and heard, correct? Spread the cheer. Right. Am I right or am I yes. right? Or am I right? Am right, I right, 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 right. Um, okay, here's the question. You ready? Mm-hmm. I got permission to say this woman's name. Her name is Jacqueline. I have a question uh, with respect to the Me Too movement. As a 36-year-old white straight woman who grew up in Ontario, Canada in an upper-middle-class environment and as one who has been serving in the Canadian Armed Forces for almost 10 years, I feel like the lens through which I see the world has mostly been one of privilege. That said, I've experienced my share of inappropriate treatment from men and can definitely relate to the Me Too movement. I'm doing my best to try and understand how others view the world as I feel it's an important step in developing empathy and compassion. My question for you is about something my spouse has been commenting on lately, and I'm wondering what your take on it may be. He is concerned that with the current climate, all it takes is an accusation for a man to be seen as guilty. Matt is also a serving member on the Canadian armed forces. He's been in there for almost 13 years, and he worries that anything he may say or do is under scrutiny and things he used to take for granted, for example, having a closed-door meeting with a female employee can no longer happen for fear that she may come out and accuse him of harassment. 
basically he says he understands why it's important that men are being held accountable for their inappropriate actions, but he thinks that those are the minority of men, and now he and the rest of the good men are paying a price for their actions. I explained to him that his concerns are, and his feelings are valid but to me, but it seems like a small price to pay to make the world a better place for women. Okay. What do you think, my dear? Well, I'm going to answer this, but I also want to say that we actually have a show coming on Friday, um, and it's with Mike Domish from the Date Safe Project, who is one of our keynote speakers for the conference and a good friend of ours, and we discussed this at length. Yes. Okay? So... If what I'm saying now is not quite enough, mm-hmm. don't worry. We gotta, Friday we have a whole show about and this. And I'm going to play a clip of that uh, coming up in a little bit. Okay, good. So so here's the thing. Um, this question is very relevant and timely. And that Jacqueline, you are not the only one who has asked me this question in some form. Um, I have heard from women and men that there is a feeling that because of all these accusations that now men are thought of being guilty before there's any kind of due process and that men are um, – under obviously more scrutiny and are more concerned about what they're doing and if it's appropriate. And here's here's the way I look at this. In no way do I think that for the men who have good intentions all the time and who are thoughtful about their actions, I don't mean this comment in a punitive way because the way it sometimes it comes out, it sounds like I'm saying, well, deal with it. And that's not what I mean. But let me just say it first. It's okay that right now we are all scrutinizing our own behavior. It is okay that right now we are all questioning how we interact with each other and whether or not it is appropriate. Um, Not under this big uh, umbrella of fear necessarily, but because what this kind of movement creates is an ability for us to become more conscious and create a conversation around why we do things, when we do things, and being more self-aware about what we say and what we do. So what I mean by that is for a very long time, basically my whole lifetime and the majority of history, the pendulum has been swung one way, which is that women have to be highly conscious of their behavior, what they wear, what they say, what they do, who they are, um, where they walk, you know, what they drink. And it's kind of all majority has fallen on women, not only in um, in their behavior, but they've gotten the blame for a lot of things. Would you agree with this, Todd? Absolutely. Um, you know, and again, this has been our norm. Mm-hmm. So some of you may be saying, oh, that's not true. But I want you to really take a look when, you know, yes, there are some men that have obviously gotten in trouble and there are men that have, you know, paid a price or had consequences for things they've done. But let's just talk about history. Women have really taken the brunt of a lot of, you know, they've been the uh, the oppressed, correct? Correct. So now what's happening is in no way would I say now men are the oppressed. That's not what it is. But now what's happening is things are being blown wide open where men um, and women are having to look more closely at their behavior. So they're having to say, okay, do I have a closed door meeting? Do I hug you without maybe saying first, can I hug you? Do I even bring a hug into the workplace? Yeah. Do I um, do I talk about sex in a workplace setting? Do I tell a dirty joke? Do I? And and a lot of people say, "Oh, I can't believe I have to think about this." Yeah. You know, this is not my norm, but it's okay mm-hmm. that we're doing this because this then reshapes potentially a new norm. 
And the reason why I started by saying I don't mean this in a punitive way is I'm not saying then to men and women, ha ha, now you have to think about things and now now you're going to be in trouble. I have no joy or desire in making men feel you know, constantly uncomfortable, especially because I agree with this letter. The majority of men are not making these choices. But But my big but is sometimes they might be unconsciously not knowing that something is offensive. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Well, we we explored this with our interview with Mike. Yes. And, you know, and I talked a little bit about how I've been in business setting. I've been working for the same company for 25 years. And with that, I have developed a lot of rapport with a lot of people, coworkers, customers, associates. And um, I tend to hug some guys and some women because I've known them so long. Right. And I'm now questioning like, oh my gosh, should I be hugging these women before I ask? But it was more than that. I it know. wasn't just because you knew them. It was because you felt like they needed more attention. True. It was because I'm in a male dominated industry. Yes. And I wanted them to feel like they had an advocate, a support, somebody who really connects with them and sees them for who they are. But for all, you know, and I feel like I'm a good judge on people. And I feel like I wouldn't do it with somebody. I wouldn't hug somebody that would, um, you don't feel, force your hugs. On of people, course not. Right? Um, and, and these are, these women are my friends. So that's what you do when you're, but one thing that we got into on Friday's podcast is like, would I do the exact same thing with a man that I had an equal amount of rapport with? Probably not. Right. I think I'm like, um, fairly or unfairly biasing my, and, and the way I explain that away is I want these women to feel like they have somebody else in their corner. And is it possible that they're saying like, why is Todd hugging me? This isn't appropriate. (laughs) So yeah, that's another kind of layer to this whole discussion. It doesn't mean that Todd cannot hug. See, here's the thing is people are like, Oh, I don't know what this means. And it's anarchy. It's not really anarchy. It's just us questioning You know, like Todd could actually say, go up to, you know, these women that he knows and say, you know, can I give you a hug Mm -hmm. or or, um, you know, maybe even question like, is this why am I doing? I have started that process. I've already asked some of these like like this one woman in particular. I'm like, is it okay that I hug you? And she's ugly. She's like, oh, yeah, Todd, I hug everybody. And she's like, it's completely fine. But I am finding myself asking questions that I never did before. And and that is okay. That's the thing is so for for some for some people who are asking the question like now I don't know what to do. And now I feel like good men are being thrown under the bus. And now I'm uncomfortable. Discomfort is sometimes is the step before change. Right. And it's not discomfort like we're laughing at you and we're glad that you're upset and and when I say we're laughing at you meaning it's not like it's not like I wake up in the morning and think, "Oh, I hope men are super uncomfortable." It's about for all of us, men and women, when we get uncomfortable and when our norms begin to shift, it allows us to make different choices mm-hmm. and it allows us to see what's possible rather than just living on autopilot. Right. Because what autopilot is, is a often uncomfortable environment for women. Well, and I will say, you know, you you are a little bit more careful with your language yeah. than I am. I'm um, trying to be. So... But I will be, I guess, be a little more blunt. Like, you know, she asks, are good men paying the price for these actions? Maybe yes. And that is the price that we pay for this collective um, harm of our female partners. And whether it's fair or unfair, it doesn't matter. 
you're questioning me. Well, Go no, ahead. no, gosh, no. Go ahead. What I was going to say was something we talk about on the show that's going to air on Friday is this idea that there are good men and bad men, right? And or good women and bad women. You guys, we're all light and dark. We can be, we can have good intention and be a thoughtful person that, and and you know do a good job in our life and still say inappropriate things sometimes. That is exactly the part that I took oh, out. Perfect. So here Play we that. go. Yeah. Time on. Let, let, I'm going to go back a little yeah. bit because when we heard about Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose, yeah. a lot of people, especially a lot of people I work with on Facebook were going, not Charlie Rose, yeah. no, or mm-hmm. not Matt Lauer, the good guy. Yeah, I love them. I love them. It can't be them. And that's the whole problem. That is it. This idea that only the evil ones. Yeah are the ones we need to talk with. See, if you make it about evil and good, you never have to look in the mirror because you're not evil. Yep. If we understand that this is not about who's a good guy or a good woman or a bad guy or a bad woman, this is about power, human behavior, and how are ways that we get caught into it, get sucked into it, act that way subtly, not nearly to the extremes of this, but how do I look in the mirror and go, can I somehow engage that way as a fellow human being? Because as soon as you say evil, well, I don't need to worry about it because that's an evil person. Right, and no woman has told me I've bothered them. Right, and a lot of people will say, uh, also, if I think it's the evil ones, I don't have to worry about the people around me. Right. So my world is safer because I believe this is good and evil, and I don't put my life, I don't, and you'll even hear people say that. Well, I wouldn't put myself in that situation oh. because you think you can identify good and evil everywhere. Right. Instead of understanding this is humanity, and humanity has dark sides to it, mm. it yes. is part of humanity. And there we go. That's it. That, I don't even know if I need to say any more after that. Well, I had a few other thoughts. Okay. Um, so, because, you know, as guys, I'm at, we're actually dedicating our tribe meeting to this topic this evening, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, you know, the Duke lacrosse thing, and I don't want to get into all of it, but it was a story where a woman falsely accused a group of, frater- you know, Duke lacrosse players of doing something that they never did. And the thing is, like, there is uh, – every situation is different. So every situation – needs to be studied and nuanced. Like, for instance, Matt Lauer didn't get fired the minute that the first lady said the first thing. No. There was an investigation behind the scenes, and they investigated it. Like, there's enough here for us to think that we believe this woman or yes. these women, and then same as Charlie Rose. So the idea of, like, the Duke lacrosse, and that happens, what, one in... It, the percentage is, is very, so very small. Low. But do, does it happen? Of course. So every situation is a little bit different. And I don't believe that there's necessarily just an accusation and then someone's fired, right? right? You know, exactly. like, I think that's what Todd's saying, and I'm just summing it up. You know, like, um, I was listening to this great interview. Who, what what was it on? It was the Tignataro. Oh, it was with Ezra Klein. Anyway, I was listening to this in, interview with comedian Tignataro, and she was talking about how in her work, world of work. She's in the entertainment industry, the, the comedy industry. Um, and actually, this interview that I listened to it was taped right after Harvey Weinstein, right before Louis C.K. So they were. she was actually talking about Louis C.K. And she was saying that in our line of work, women do not have like a human resources place to go to. Yeah. Like when somebody treats them poorly or when something they're happens, they don't have, stuck. there's nowhere to go. And so in her world of work, they actually created this thing called the Red List. Oh, wow where they would share their experiences and say, this happened with this person, so be careful mm. if you're going to work with this person. That's an online list, I assume? It, it, it just was between friends, oh, wow. I think. It, and again, I don't. it's not like something they made public. They weren't. It, it's not about like, 
you've got to think about it. This is where we've got a woman protecting other women. Exactly. You've got to like for the men who who are like, well, you know, men now are really under the gun and there's so much pressure on us. And what I want you to understand is this is what we've been experiencing our whole life. And I don't mean that as a tit for tat, like now you need to experience it. I don't want you to feel this way. I would like us to all treat each other well, men and women, women and men. I don't I don't have a vendetta and I don't think 99% of women have that kind of feeling. But when you're like, oh no, I'm uncomfortable. I want you to be like, yes. This is how women feel yes. majority Welcome of the time. Welcome to the club. Exactly. It's not like I'm getting out of the club anytime soon. Right. You're it's, going to be in the club. Exactly. And and if you feel that discomfort, not, okay, now you're feeling it, but what do we do with it? Yeah. How do we then say, okay, wait a second. This is interesting. I used to tell dirty jokes or I used to comment on a woman's, you know, when she'd walk in, I'd say, oh, your eyes are so beautiful today or something that has nothing to do with work. So this is uh, an interesting, she, um, Jacqueline had a follow-up question, which I think is really interesting. Okay. It was interesting to me that Matt, that's her husband, believes it's truly the minority of men who treat women inappropriately, especially given the current climate when it seems like every other day there's a new allegation from women coming forward. It seems to me that we really don't know how deep this goes because it's only now that women are starting to develop the confidence to speak up. I believe that the quote-unquote minority relates to matters of sexual assault, or at least I hope that's the case, but I'm coming to a realization that when it comes to sexual harassment, it likely isn't the minority of men who have behaved inappropriately, both in the past and the present. I will say to you, without question, as a man... I have objectified women. Yes. Okay. So is that sexual harassment? I guess it depends on who you're asking. And it depends on the situation you're in. Do you know what I mean? Because if you were at work doing that Mm -hmm. and you were and a woman who was in the same kind of role you were, possibly even a higher level or, you know, it doesn't even matter. Um, If you were being sexual with her in some way or focusing on her being a woman or her appearance or something, it's not necessarily all has to... Like there's a, we we have two terms assault and harassment and that's it and that's a tricky thing because those are just two umbrellas and there's all these nuances within each one within each one and not everything demands legal repercussion right. not everything demands resignation yes. and this is what what we have to look at is for the majority of men who are not assaulting and you know who are just monitoring now or noticing their behavior, I think that's healthy. Like for all of us and for women who are monitoring their behavior and and self-awareness, this is not a harmful process. How can being more thoughtful about our choices be a harmful process? And and I do, in a way, this is not an apology or anything, but I do feel for for people who are like, wow, I'm really uncomfortable now. I don't know what to do. It is hard. Mm -hmm. And and I agree that I don't really love that feeling either, but it's a necessity. It's a necessity. It, it's time. This is what Todd and I, let's take it off of sexual assault and harassment. This is what we talk about on this show all the time as a parent. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So when you become a parent, you have to dive into the discomfort of who you are, why you say what you do, your history, and what you bring to every situation. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's also freedom, and it's also the the most important step toward a healthy relationship. So as you guys know, 
this show is just about those universal principles. So now let's apply that universal principle to issues regarding sexual harassment is that it's it's time for all of us to pay attention yeah. to our choices and not just our choices, but what we allow mm-hmm. around us. Yep. Because it's not just about an individual man mm-hmm. or woman um, monitoring their choices. It's what they're okay with people doing around them. Because what I mean by that is if a man is saying something inappropriate, would another man be willing to say, that's not okay? Yeah, or dude, that's up. not funny. That And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's uncomfortable too. Well, and it's funny. And then, you know, I think we'll move on. Yes, please. Um, there, uh, if you define the objectification of women, then I can stand here with my hand raised saying, yes, I have. And if you say that that is harassment mm-hmm. or a form of harassment, I will say I have sexually harassed women, either individually or collectively. And I have a feeling that I'm going to have, whatever, 15 men in my living room this evening. And if I ask them, how many of you guys have sexually objectified a woman? Most of them are going to raise their hands. So to this woman's point, Jacqueline, I would say it isn't the minority. And I think that's an important point is we're like, well, it's just not me because I haven't. I'm good. I haven't date raped anybody or whatever it is. When if we kind of open up what that means, then yes, this problem is. And that's why we've. You know, spent a lot of time in the last month since Harvey Weinstein talking about yeah, this because we've done so many it's shows. not just about the Harvey Weinsteins. It's about how do, do I allow a dirty joke in my presence um, that is derogatory towards a woman? Do I, in my own relationship, have a respect and ability to listen to what my partner has to say? without lumping them into some category or being disrespectful about their gender or, you know, it, it's not just about, like Todd said, if it were just about the monsters, mm-hmm. and I'm saying that in quotes, then we're all safe. Yep. We're like, oh, well, I'm not like that. I don't associate with people like that. And this is too big of a problem. It, the reason why the whole Me Too movement and hashtag Me Too freaked everybody out and changed everything is because the vast majority of women posted Me Too. So it can't just be monsters. Do you see? So... This is actually, if we could turn it a little bit and just say this is actually a really good opening for us to get to know each other better and for us to have a little more self-understanding, I think maybe it could be less less scary. Absolutely. Okay. So um, so our two partners this week is RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients. Um, they have something specific for kids, which is why they wanted to partner with us. They have three different flavors, chocolate chip, apple cinnamon raisin, and berry blast. Um, RX bars are great for many occasions. Really, anytime kids want something tasty or filling. Some examples, breakfast on the go, throw it in your lunchbox, after school snack, throw in a sports bag and a backpack for a hike, and so on and so forth. So here's the deal that they're given to our listeners. Go to rxbar.com slash zen, and you will get 25% off your first order. I actually just had one yesterday playing paddle tennis. They're nice to have in the drawer, aren't they? They are. I uh, grab them on the go. So anyways, uh, and then our second partner is canvaspeople.com. Canvas People is an easy-to-use photo-to-canvas service that takes your favorite photo off your phone or your iPad and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. So instead of letting those pictures rot on your phone, upload it to canvaspeople.com and then you get a beautiful canvas. And here's the deal that they have for our listeners. It's Christmas time, so it's a perfect time to do this. Um, 
if you go to canvaspeople.com and you put in the coupon code ZEN, Z-E-N, it will, if you order the 11 by 14 canvas, it'll go from $69.99 down to zero. You just pay shipping. So enter the coupon code ZEN and get your beautiful artwork on your wall before Christmas time. It's actually a good gift for your honey. Honey. That's my deal. We all have many honeys. So let's lighten it up, my darling. Okay. What are we talking about? So a few things. Do you want me to go into the holidays or do you want me to go into the Golden Globe nominations? Uh, holidays. Okay. So okay. So it's December and this thing happens every holiday season, as we all know. It's like, you know, we can count on it just as much as we can count on the holidays. Um we get totally busy and we get totally absorbed with all the things we have to do. And here's the crazy thing about it. For me, what I've worked toward in the past however many years is just choosing things that sound enjoyable. Okay, so I think the big work that I personally have done is not doing the things that I think I should do and just choosing the things like having a holiday party with our closest friends or like this weekend, so many things. I took my girls on Thursday night to the Jingle Bash to see Backstreet Boys. Tell me why. And or Taylor Swift, whichever one you want to. I stay up too late. Decide headlined. Uh, you know, and that's why I took sweetie, them. Sweetie, sweetie. <laughs> I know Taylor Swift. Backstreet Boys did not headline. I'm joking. Okay. It's a joke. But which one did you enjoy more? Well, I thought Backstreet Boys were awesome. Better than T-Swizzle. Well, no. I mean, it's not about better. It's about that- Of course it's not better for you, sweetie. They they just had such a performance. And here's the thing that was interesting, as you guys who listen know, Todd and I saw the Backstreet Boys this this um, uh, summer, and I've seen them, I, I think this was my six or seven times seeing them. <laughs> um, so I have seen them in many different- Ways venues, I mean, uh, not it's not just the venues in phases yeah. of their career where when they were a bunch re, of kids when they were a bunch of kids and then I saw them when they were not mm-hmm. in such good shape and yeah. didn't you know their performances were a little lackluster and then when we saw them in Vegas this summer the reason I was like oh my god and my mind was so blown is because they got it now they sharpened the saw they have sharpened the saw well when you do a performance every night mm-hmm. right it's just going to be so good yeah so. On Thursday night at the Jingle Bash, that they brought that performance, but yeah. they wore hipper clothes. Yeah, they're hipsters. Which was kind of funny. They came out in their backwards hats. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's because Jingle Bash, I was like the oldest person at the Jingle Bash. Everyone around me was either 12, 13, 14, or a mom. Yeah. Um, even though I was dancing the whole time to Backstreet Boys and, you know, people, a lot of kids were on their phones. Um, but anyway... <laughs> I So they just had a really sharp performance. Taylor Swift was awesome. I mean, that girl can perform. She's amazing. She's never she's never disappointed me mm-hmm. or the girls. But it was a totally different performance. It yeah. was it was less choreography, more just singing, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, that and was... And you like choreography. Well, sometimes it, it, it's just... It's just another thing to look at. It's just another thing to look at. Yeah. It's not... You know, again, she was great. But it was just... The reason I wanted to go is because Backstreet Boys was for me... Taylor Swift was for the girls, and I like her too. But anyway, so that was Thursday night. Super excited about that. Got those tickets a long time ago, like in October. And then Friday night, we had the Psych Party. Um, For those of you who watch Psych, the TV show from USA Channel, they had a Psych holiday movie, which was my whole family loves that show. So we all went to my sister's and had a little holiday Psych Party and watched it, which was so fun. Even Todd likes Psych, I think. You I do. Say yes. I like the exchange between Gus and Sean the most. And so for those of you who have preteen kids, um, Psych is like a really good in-between show that's not like 
even though there's like it's like murder mystery stuff, it's not like Law and Order where there's a bunch of violence and heaviness. But it's also not too young. Um, and for those of you who are our generation, it's got a million 80s references yeah. in it. So anyway, we did the psych show on or the psych uh, party on Friday. And then we had a holiday party on Saturday night with our best friends. And it, it's so let me just say that we're tired, right? We're tired. Now, none of those things are things that I don't want to do. Like all those things are things I want to do. So even now that I've shaved down everything to just the things I love, um, I'm still tired. Yes, you, I am too. What are you going to play? I can well, take. there's some. Uh, I, I I did uh, YouTube witty lines from Sean and and Gus. Well, let me see. Let's hear. Gus, let me ask you something. What was the very first thing you did right after the shooting? I called my folks to tell them I was okay. And what's the first thing he did? He ate a banana. You ate a banana. I sure did. You know why? Because it makes me think of you. Because you're my big old papa monkey. <laughs> yeah. Gus, note to self. Remember 1600 Joshua Lane. You can't give me your note to self. It's a note to yourself. <laughs> I have something big to tell you. You know you can say anything to me, Gus. We've known each other forever, and there's absolutely nothing that could dent our impenetrable bond. I have a secret girlfriend. You're dead to me. <laughs> Michael Vick? I'm not gonna shoot him. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know anything. He's a dog. I've never met a man who's so big he couldn't hide behind a plane. How do you not have a black suit? What grown man doesn't own a black suit? Besides me, the Joker, Colonel Sanders, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey doesn't count. He doesn't own a shirt. He doesn't need a shirt. No, that's right. Ah! Look at you, buddy! Is that a lot? That it's just it's great. And so that's that, how fast that show that is. That may not be funny to you all, but if you know the show. Those are really funny lines, and it's just it's just a really funny show. It's funny, and I know we're like late to the party on Psych. Oh yeah, because Psych's it was been canceled forever. like four years ago. Three years ago, yeah. But uh, anyways, so yeah. That's well, my niece, who's now like twenty one, she was watching it when she was young. Yeah. So it's just been around forever. But we, it's just been a fun family thing. So anyway, my point is is that even when we get down to just the bare basics of what we want to do, and like the holiday party that we had Saturday night at our house with our friends, I ordered food. I didn't even cook. Yes. You know? That was the best $70 we ever spent. I we mean, would have spent 120 bucks at the grocery store. Now, this is to Kathy and I. We don't like cooking. For those right. of you guys who love cooking, keep cooking. Then that's your holiday but if, enjoyment. But if you don't like cooking... Don't cook. <laughs> I mean, just simplify or have people bring dishes or because I think that's what we do is we it's got to look a certain way. It's got to look a certain way. Um, what we should do is cook. What we should do is put out the best dishes, what we should do. And there's a lot of shoulds. And I it's actually this went, this goes really well with a Super Soul Sunday that I was watching yesterday. It was a repeat of um, Shauna Nyquist, who wrote uh, Present Over Perfect. I had listened to the podcast. I think Oprah released the podcast a while ago, and I, I had enjoyed it. But there was something about watching it yesterday in the month of December that was really helpful to me um, about, you know, really being thoughtful about listening to our body and making choices that keep us healthy and that keep us from getting exhausted. I still think that we have that belief that exhaustion is like a badge of honor and that the more exhausted we are, the more we demonstrate how much we love and how much we do for other people. And really exhaustion just means you're exhausted. 
I really believe that that is not helpful to anybody. It's obviously not helpful to your health. It's not helpful to your kids. And there's, we have to, and, and I'm saying this to you guys, not as a teacher, but as someone who is living this right now. Practicing it. Like I really, um, do you think we're on the verge of exhaustion right now? Do you feel really tired? I'm totally tired, but I'm fine with it. I know. You you don't have... The thing that's different between Todd and I is I have such a physical manifestation of my overwhelm, and Todd can kind of plow through his. For example, we were up really late Saturday night, yeah. and I played paddle tennis for three hours yesterday, and my knees are sore, and my ankles are sore, and... We're doing this today. We got Team Zen at noon, and I'm going to the Bulls game tonight. Yeah, and and there's part of that where I think that, and again, I'm not. I don't want to speak for you, but you probably think that's really cool and really great, right? You're probably like, "Wow, is that?" I don't know great? if it's cool. It's fun. I like motion. You like motion and then resting. I just like the motion part. Right. But I don't think that because you're in motion all the time, you're healthy. I'm not saying I am. Right, and that's the key. Is because you're when you use the word fun. Yeah. It sounds like you're doing... Something could be fun and unhealthy at the same time. True. That's a good point. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But uh, but you have to put that in there for the people who are listening. Yeah. Because if you just say fun, yeah. then that carries the, the belief that you're doing it the right the way. The right way. And there is no right way. And that's just the thing is I really... My body is like, sorry, you can't. And, and I find that to be now... When I was in college, it was a total bummer. Yeah. When I was in my 20s or my 30s, it was a total bummer. Now I find it to be a gift mm. because I really do – I don't love it, but I really do – I it eliminates that choice because I'm like, you know what? No, I can't. And Well, so, it's the idea of the hell yes. Right. And In, in December, it's more important to use the, the heck yes – uh, decision-making ability. What I mean by that is if somebody, because in December we're getting pulled in 45 different directions and we say yes to not everything is completely like, yeah, let's go do that. So, um, you know, that is one criteria that is probably more important in the month of December than it is in any other month. I think in December, in December, I need a double hell yes, because oh, there's wow. not a lot that doesn't sound fun, right? especially because I've already kind of eliminated a lot of things I never did want to do that, you know, and a lot of things overlap. I mean, you guys know how this is. It's like everybody has a party on December 15th. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. And, you know, every, you know, the school has like a million, um, a, a a million options. Like I just got another text from Carolyn about there's this, you know, charity function tonight that, yeah. you know, she'd be willing to help JC get to. And JC's already said she'd babysit for someone. Yeah. And, and it's so it's not just my personal busyness. It's everybody's. It's everybody's busyness. It's probably the busiest month of the year. Yeah. Like we had, you know, uh, this week, I think we have um, Cameron's performance, or maybe it's Skyler's performance. I don't know. All of our kids are at different schools now. We got high school, middle school, elementary school. So there's different performances for each of them in their music department. And, and, and these are not complaints. Like, my whole point to you guys is see, instead of – it's kind of like the good evil thing. It's not bad or good. Sometimes it just is. Mm. There are a lot of things we want to do. And we have to make the choices about what's most healthy for us and what's possible. And here's the hardest part. A lot of times we have to disappoint people and that sucks. Yeah. But you have to be clear about why you're disappointing and you have to be able to look in the mirror and go, that was at the, in the best interest of everybody involved. I, um, I was gifted a book by my good friend, Josh St. Pierre, uh -huh. and it's called uh, Tribe of Mentors yes. by Tim Ferriss. Yes. 
big fat book of just a handful of questions that he asks all these famous people or people who may not be famous but are very well accomplished at whatever it is that they did. And intermingled through that book are different ways that these leaders have said no and, you know, high quality no's and things like that. So anyways, that's a resource. If you're looking for a book, uh, Tim Ferriss has got it. It's pretty, pretty darn good. And it's, it gives you resources on a million different things, but one of them is how to say no. And you know, this, just to find the thread through every show, as I always like to do, this is very similar to the first conversation we had about sitting in the discomfort and, you know, people are like, oh, I don't, this is uncomfortable and I don't know what to do. And there is discomfort in this month, even with all the joy and all the merriness around us of what do I choose and what's right for me right now and what's right for my kids and what's right for my family. Not just during these, you know, weeks leading up to the actually Christmas or the holiday that you're um, celebrating, but, you know, where do we spend our holiday? What's where do I want to be? What's what's in the best interest of the traditions of our own family? Um, You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, phrases that Todd and I took from one of Rob Bell's podcasts, or actually, I don't know if it resonated strongly with Todd as it did with me is, you know, it's okay to spend time with people you love or to, you know, spend time with a friend and to decide it's only going to be an hour or two. You don't have to like go spend the weekend there or, you know, you can say, let's do a lunch instead of a long dinner. Um, I just had, this is a work related thing, but it it goes into this because I'm working all month too, is a girlfriend of mine just said, will you come to our school district and speak? And I said, absolutely, but only during the day Mm -hmm. (laughs) because nighttime events for me are so hard. Yeah. And not because, okay, so why are they hard? At the end of the day, I'm great in the morning. I'm great in the middle of the day. I'm even pretty good at three, better than I used to be when the kids were little. But the idea, sometimes I'm done by five or six, and the idea of starting up again, that motor of like, oh, I have to get dressed again. I have to go teach again. You know what's interesting is I heard on a Rob Bell podcast. Well, first of all, one quick resource. We did a podcast number 389. It's called Say Yes and Say No. Okay. And we played a part of the Dear Sugar pod- podcast oh, yes. about how Oprah says That's no a to one. a lot of people. But in the Rob Bell podcast, he talked about back in the olden days when there wasn't electricity, you know, however many whatever, 150 years ago, I don't even know. Who knows when electricity came around? But that was a, the, the natural flow of the way of Correct. things. That yes. was that was the universe's or God's or life's way of saying You're time done. to calm down. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that we have lights and TVs, the day isn't over until you decide it is. And that was kind of a forced way of maybe calming down contemplation. Same as the seasonal cycles, winter, like you know, whatever, there's 16 hours of darkness in the winter. Um, and there's 16 hours of lightness in the summer. Like even, even the seasons has its own set of waves and a way of allowing natural nature to kind of lead you how to go about your way of being. Totally Todd. And I am such a season baby. Like, and when I say baby, I don't mean like, I just mean like I'm connected to the seasons. Like I, I want to hibernate in the winter. I, when it's dark at five, I'm psyched. Mm. Not psyched like um, everybody go away, but like I'm in my house. It's warm. Like our our fireplace hasn't been working and it's like a nightmare for me because I want to be in my house with the fireplace on. I know. These are the small things in life that they are not like deal breakers in life, but I really, I like that warmth literally and just being at home and being quiet. And 
And that's the thing is that I, I like that flow and the interruption and in flow has to happen sometimes. Like, you know, we are going to our kids' events at night and, you know, Todd and I are teach, we teach at the library occasionally at night and obviously the conference has a night aspect. It's not like I can never do it, but it is the, it's the, it's not often. Yeah. And if it's not often, I can manage it. But if I try and fit it in too much, I don't like it. Do you want to go to your Golden Globe things? Sure. Okay, so I, I don't know how much I want to talk about this. I just get really excited for award season. Does anybody out there get excited for award season? That's your Super Bowl, <gasps> sweetie. Oh, my gosh. She scared me. Oh, my, gosh. <laughs> my sister just showed up. Didn't you um, join us one other time? I assume you can hear me. No. Well, I've got earphones on. That's my, all right. You can come sit down, Shane. We're just talking about the Golden Globe. So my sister-in-law spent the night last night, so she's here. So it's award season. The first, the I think this is the first one, Golden Globes. And what's interesting about the Golden Globes is there's a ton of nominations because they do two different categories. They do drama, and then they do best motion picture in a musical or comedy. And they're very rarely musicals. And even, like, do you know what falls under musical and comedy, Todd? What? Get Out. What? Yeah. Oh they, they always have dumb uh, categories. So the dramas this year, you guys, are Dunkirk, The Post, which I'm really excited to see, The Shape of Water, which sounds very interesting, Call Me By Your Name, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. All of them, which I've wanted, to, I didn't want to see Dunkirk, but I want to see the other ones. And then best motion picture for musical or comedy is The Disaster Artist, Get Out, The Greatest Showman, I, Tanya, and Lady Bird. Get Out was one of the scariest movies. If you're going to talk, you got to talk in the mic. You got to talk in the mic, yeah. Get Out was the scariest movie I've seen in years. Really? No doubt. It was terrifying. It's terrifying and awesome. It's it was, a great movie. It was a scary, it was like a, a horror film genre, but also ridiculously true. So. And there was also some funny scenes in there too, which is weird. I know. I know. Well, it was very entertaining. And so I want to tell you about the television ones too, and then I'm done. Okay. So best television series drama, The Handmaid's Tale, This Is Us, The Crown, Game of Thrones, and Stranger Things 2 got nominated. Best television series comedy, Blackish, The Marvelous Mrs. Mizell, which I don't even know what that is. I should look into that. Um, Master of None, um, Smilf, S-M-I-L-F. No idea. That's the one with um, Rosie O'Donnell, and she's like, there's like, I don't really know any more things. It's like, I just woke up, so I can't, I I think I may just let you guys continue. And and just listen? Yeah. All right. But (laughs) Shane, we love having your presence here. And then the last one is Will and Grace. We were just talking about Will and Grace last night, and they're, they're, they're back. And then limited series big little lies got nominated and everybody in it got nominated wow. so i just wanted to share that because i get excited right now yeah i haven't seen most of those well and i haven't either the movies especially but that's what this season is for is like todd and i are going to see star wars on friday at twelve thirty, right something like that so there's see there's the option for those of you who can take a break during the day which is not really easy if you're doing a full on 9 to 5 job or 8 to 7 job it's very hard to leave in the middle of the day and go to a movie but if you have that availability that's a pretty great thing to do. Oh, ouch. There it is. The last Jedi this Friday. I know. But you know what they keep saying about it? What? Dark. Dark. Good. Dark. I, don't, I don't want dark, Todd. Sweetie. It's been a lot of dark. 
I know. What but is my favorite part of the first one from this series? Do you remember my favorite part of the movie in The Force Awakens? When which, I which part? Okay, through the whole movie, through the first like forty-five minutes, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Oh, and, and then, then the rebel fleet comes. Then in the rebellion saves the comes day. in, and I literally looked at Todd and I go, "Thank God!" Yeah, like I was a tough forty-five minutes for the rebellion. It was just so much of Kylo Ren, like just blowing things up. I know. He's Kylo. got an anger management issues. He's got to listen to the podcast that Kylo Ren. Oh my God, Matt! <laughs> nice one, Matt. What up, Matt? Um, anything else on the Golden Globes? I could go for a long time, but I'm done. All right. So I have a few housekeeping things, which Kathy love loves it when I say uh, housekeeping because everybody just gets excited to listen. Um, what is uh, our conference? conference partners. If there's a company out there or business that wants to partner up with us at the conference, this week I'm highlighting a little uh, business called Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are our awesome sponsors Mm -hmm. and they also are podcast uh, uh, partners and they adjust Kathy and me and my whole family uh, twice a month. Dr. Kelly's amazing at what she does, so check out uh, Tree of Life at chirotree.com. So that's the first thing. The next thing is we have some new Zen Friends. Mm, I love the Zen Friends. And Zen Friends is a a subscription uh, of people that want to get on uh, a virtual call with us twice a month. It's like a group coaching session. you're messing up Zen Friend and Team Zen. Oh, you're right. I always do that. Sorry about that. So Zen Friend is the scholarship fund for the conference. And our two entries for this week are Santa Steenberg and Dominique and Tony Molina. Thank you. Thank you to you guys who are helping us get people who cannot afford to come to the conference to the conference. Yes, we are kind of at a, uh, there's more people asking Mm -hmm. for scholarship than we have Zen friends right now, which is normal. You know, like we're, this is the holiday season, so I understand that. But for those of you who would be willing, there's a lot of single moms and a lot of people who are preschool teachers and people just who cannot afford to go to the conference and we'd love to support them. And uh, the Team Zen is the subscription-based model that I was talking about. Twice a month, Kathy and I will be on a video live call with you all to answer questions and to do more talking, I guess. That's what we do. Well, it's just a little more in-depth community. A lot of what we hear from people are, I wish I could ask you a question or you say something and I wish I could say something back. So this is your opportunity. That's what Team Zen is. It's 25 bucks a month. And our two new Team Zen people are Mimi from Chicago. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know her last name, and I don't think I would uh, announce it anyways without getting her permission. And the other is Tony and Dominique Molina once again. So Tony and Dominique have been to every each of our first two years conference. Um, We're just big fans of of those two wonderful, beautiful people. Tony's a homicide detective, and he Mm -hmm. says that the podcast helps balance out some of the stuff that he has to to go through on a daily basis. So anyways, um, and we talked about Mike Domish, who's one of our uh, keynotes. And we don't have any iTunes reviews. So Michael B. So the show we did with Mike is on Friday. And you guys listen. It's really good. And I'm kind of annoying myself listening to even the part you played because every time he says something, I'm like, yes, yes. And I should have not set it into the microphone. But it's hard to not have a discussion. It's fine. I've gotten criticism for us saying, you know, shut up. When somebody's talking, don't like say yes or respond. Oh, do people say that? Even like a sigh. Um, but whatever, I'll, this is just a conversation, and that's what you do in conversations. I know, is and, and that's the thing is when Mike is talking, it's very hard. I'm, you know, I'm not as good as Terry Gross, obviously, who can just let someone talk and then just let it sit. Yeah. It's like we are literally all having a conversation, but we happen to have 
uh, a microphone in front of us. And then don't forget about our other awesome partner, uh, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. Um, he has a company called Avid. Go to avidco.net to get your painting and remodeling needs done in the Chicagoland area. That's avidco.net. What else? You got anything else there? Oh, my good newspaper. So there, you ready for some good, sweetie? Yes. Yeah, do something that's not um, advertising. So um, good newspaper. It is a s- subscription that I get. We get a physical newspaper, I think once a quarter or something like that. But I also get emails from this guy. And it's basically just good news, okay. which we love. So scientists have stepped in as environmental matchmakers by breeding baby coral on the Great Barrier Reef oh, in a move God. that could have worldwide significance. Oh, my God. Thank you. Um, so just to stop for a second, sure. one of the biggest issues it, for those of you who you know watch what's going on in the environment is the death of coral. Yeah. And that will cause so many issues mm-hmm. that we need to help the coral thrive. And if we could do that in a normal way, which is be make better choices as a country um, or as a world, um, but instead people are finding alternative ways. The project has the ability to restore damaged coral populations and has seen similar success in the Philippines. Lovely. Scientists say it's a glimmer of hope. Uh, next, man pays $10,000 worth of layaway orders at New Jersey Toys R Us and donates 2000 for Toys for Tots. That was Love nice. That. Uh, murders in New York City are down 17% in 2017. Nice. Uh, entire cities on pace to end the year with fewer than 300 murders for the first time since the 1950s. Wow. Shootings have also been reduced by 22%. So chalk one up for Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Well, is it New York or is it Manhattan? Well, Manhattan's a part of New York. So right. all just, five boroughs. All five boroughs, okay. Sweetie doesn't want me to offend the people from Brooklyn yeah. and the Bronx and everybody. That's right, in Queens. And then what's the last Long one? Island? Yeah, it sounds right. Is it, Am I saying that right? Yeah. 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 If not, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Facebook is rolling out artificial intelligence technology to help detect posts that contain suicidal thoughts. I did hear about that. That's a Zuckerberg thing. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll use this data to contact first responders, friends, and to send links to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and the Crisis Text line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, I thought that was some pretty good news. You know, one of the singers at the Jingle Bash on Thursday mm-hmm. was, and maybe you can pull this up, uh, was Logic. Mm-hmm. And Logic is a rapper and he sings this song about suicide. And some of you may know it if Todd can pull it up. Is this it? Yep. So play it just for a minute. I've been on the low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Who can relate? Woo! I've been on the low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive I just wanna die today I just wanna die so easy to, I mean, first of all, let me say that for those of you who've never heard it, listen to the whole song because what he eventually gets to is he does want to be alive. Um, 
he had a lot of issues with his own mental health and he wanted to kill himself at one point. And he then obviously got support, chose not to, and wrote this song. And the song is actually, the title of it is The Suicide Hotline. Mm. So can you say what The Suicide Hotline is? 1-800? It doesn't say it on my YouTube clip. No way. Yeah, That's way. like the name of the song. I know. Um, well, if you can find it, that'd Does be great. Does he say the number in the song? No, it's just the name of the song. Oh, so bummer. it's, and he sure, always- Sure, I could find it. Um, but what I want to say is that Logic um, was so lovely. And he came out and was so positive. And was saying to everybody, he said, everybody, look to your left, look to your right. These Tonight, these people are your family. Um, take care of each other. All of you are beautiful. You know, who here wants to be alive and live their life? Who here? I mean, it was so beautiful. Like, my girls were, like, smiling from ear to ear. And, you know, he basically, he said, he's like, I, you know, I'm a high school dropout. I had all these issues. I was raised on food stamps. I had, you know, I didn't have a lot of reasons to be optimistic, and he said, and things can change for the better in an instant. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Logic because he really did a nice job. The phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Thank you. Um, so let's um, let's finish this by letting the song play a little longer. That'd be great. So um, Kathy's book, uh, Self-Aware Parent, Self-Aware Parent 2. I do coaching, ToddAdamsCoaching.com. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for listening. And um, we love you. Yeah. And keep trucking, for goodness sakes. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? If so, then get your tickets now for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed, Milk, and Mike Damish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. If you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking. Mm-hmm.